Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass that is going to be fun. Why do I think it's going to be fun? Well, it's called The Fun Formula, How Curiosity, Risk-Taking, and Serendipity Can Revolutionize How You Work, and it's with none other than Joel Calm of the book with the same title, The Fun Formula. Joel's a great guy. I asked him to send over his bio. Like I'm like, yo, send over an updated bio, and he sent over... Joel is my friend. So you know what? That's what we're going to go with because Joel is my friend. And we're going to dive into this episode, this incredible audio masterclass when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Okay, Fire Nation, stop what you're doing, grab a pen and paper or your phone and write down this URL. Are you ready? It's www.watchbillysvideo.com. On that page, my friend Billy Jean put together a training for you that's going to solve the number one problem facing businesses in 2018, getting quality customers consistently and affordably. The video is short, it's valuable, it's entertaining, and you'll only regret ignoring it for as long as you already have. Again, it's www.watchbillysvideo.com, and you should not go to bed tonight without watching it. Ignite. So Joel, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people just don't know. What is happening, you nation, that is on fuego? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what's, Johnny, something interesting that I think a lot of people don't know is I have been a lifelong computer gamer. Uh, you know, I was, I've always been into electronic games and before we had electronic, you know, games, I had pinball machines, which I guess are electronic, but I mean, I remember when Pong came out. I remember when Space Invaders <laughs> and Asteroids came out. I had a computer in 1980 and to this day, if, uh, you know, if I have access to my computer, I will spend a little time shooting things, you know, or, or playing some sort of game on my computer. Oh. I'm a nerd. You are a nerd, and I love that, but you also like to have fun in the non-computer realm. And you know, one thing that I was thinking you might share was that you once rode a very romantic roller coaster with JLD in Pacific Beach, San Diego, <laughs> California. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was great fun. In fact, uh, if you guys go to YouTube, I think uh, just search for fun with Joel Calm and put John Lee Dumas in there and and we did a pilot episode for a show <laughs> so good. Um, when I was in San Diego and you you were my guest and we talked about you know your career and and how you have fun and what you do but we also went to uh, what what was the name of the Mission Beach is that it yeah Mission Beach definitely uh, the the oldest wooden roller coaster in all of California. Yeah, and we rode that coaster, and people can go and, and enjoy uh, us cracking up, laughing, having a good time doing Belmont that. Belmont Park. Yeah, that was a good time. We definitely had some fun. And Fire Nation is kind of a theme that we're on right now because this audio masterclass is the fun formula how curiosity, risk taking, and serendipity can revolutionize how you work with none other than our guest, Joel Calm. So, Joel. Give us just a quick overview of what this masterclass is going to be, and then we'll dive into specifics. I think that there is messaging taking place right now out there in the business realm, especially directed at young people, but everybody's hearing it, that if you want to succeed 
It's your work and at your life, you have to hustle and grind. You need to be up early. You need to crank away at it all day long. You need to stay late. You need to work weekends because if you really want it, this is how to get it. And and I think it's a big lie. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't times and places for hard work, but you know, previous generations told us that hard work is a virtue. And I agree with that. But there are those in our culture that have taken the materialism messaging to the next level. And they're telling us that 10x the hard work will bring 10x the virtue and results. And it's simply not the case. It's a destructive philosophy that doesn't work for the majority of individuals and ends up leaving them discouraged, dissatisfied with broken relationships and uh, directionless. And uh, it's time to change that and swing the pendulum back to a reasonable place. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think that I'm actually a very under, uh, misunderstood, I should say, entrepreneur in the world out there for a lot of people's perspective because they you know, have labeled me and I actually think mislabeled me as like this incredibly hardworking entrepreneur and all these things. And I will tell you what, there are days in the minority, by the way, where I feel like I do work unbelievably hard and I maybe work as hard as anybody else that specific day, but that's a minority. You know, the majority of the time, right. I'm, I'm having a very reasonable work day or I'm doing things like I'm doing this coming fall, Joel. I'm taking a 65-day, no business, all pleasure trip around Europe with Kate, just me and her in six, uh, sorry, 13 countries. And we're not going to like 100% check out, but we're going to be like maybe checking email from time to time, but there's no like real work being done on this. So you can really do these sprints that I like to do. Like I do these sprints, like Joel, you are the eighth of nine interviews today. This is a sprint, but then guess what? Tomorrow I leave for the Dominican Republic bright and early. It's a Friday. I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, then coming back. And guess what? I sprinted today and I'm just going to relax for the next four days. And it's going to be a blast in the DR down here in the Caribbean. So what I want to dive into now is what do you think is wrong with that hustle and grind mentality? I mean, you talked a little bit about it in that overview, but what is just wrong with that mentality in your perspective? When we think of people that are teaching this, it's really about materialism. It's about getting a big stack of cash, having the Lambo in the garage, having a big house and, and beautiful people by the pool as somehow that is the ultimate goal of life. Right. And we live in a society that's always throwing these messages at us that we need to have more. We need to be more beautiful. And we need to be smarter and we need, 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 need. And there's you know, this lack of satisfaction with what we have. And so many people are buying into those messages that they're losing sight of who they are and what they're really about and the value that they can bring to the world through what they really want to do. And so, you know, I reverse engineered my 23 years of doing business online. And in that time, I've had, I would say, seven grand slams, you know, something that I did that just worked out unreasonably well off the charts. Now, um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm bragging because I've had way more efforts that didn't turn out that way. Uh, but I reverse engineered the successes and the failures. And I discovered that the things that have been the biggest success for me have always taken the least amount of work. The, the, the effort that went into these things that ended up being the Grand Slam home runs for me, there was no hustling and grinding to get them done. They were about uh, following my natural curiosity and creativity. They were about being willing to take risks. And most importantly, 
importantly, they were about trusting the process, allowing serendipity to enter the equation. It's all about the right timing, going to the right event, um, emailing the right person, taking the right phone call, being open and, and not narrow visioned to opportunity, but seeing opportunity everywhere. And, and when you put yourself out there and don't have expectations, I think that's when the magic happens. And, you know, if it happened to me one time, I'd say that's interesting. <laughs> if it happened to me twice, I'd say, hmm, maybe there's something scientific here. But it's happened to me seven times. And uh, there's something here. So the book, The Fun Formula, is a, a distillation of those principles that I have discovered that are most important um, in business and in life to lead to the greatest success in business and the greatest fulfillment in your life. So there's one thing I really want to double back on, Fire Nation. Trust the process and allow serendipity to happen. And I've seen this so many times, Joel, and I've actually questioned myself um, of like, what if I hadn't just let serendipity take his lead here? I mean, there are so many people out there that are just grinding, grinding, grinding with their head down. And as a result, you're missing opportunities of a lifetime that are right in front of you because your head's down, you're locked in a closet, you're just doing this one thing. And hey, the world's out there. It's living, it's happening. Opportunities are abundant. You just need to be in a position where you are open and ready and willing to have them be your opportunities. Now, you see you've had this seven times, Joel, and we have a lot to chat about, so don't go into like a very super in-depth story, but just give us maybe one of your favorite seven, like very quickly and concisely. Oh, sure. You know, uh, back in 1997, I already had a website up for two years and I had a few point and click web games, you know, back in the early days. And my webmaster pointed me to a site um, that really nobody knew about. It was the beta of a multiplayer game site. Again, 1997. So, you know, 21 years ago, this UCSD grad student was just playing around making this thing so his buddies could play hearts and spades and chess and checkers <laughs> against each other in real time. And I dropped, I thought this is fascinating. And I was curious about it. And I wrote the guy and I said, you know, I love what you're doing. What if we partnered up? You continue building out this game site, which I think is going to be huge. And I'll market it via my existing website. We call we partnered up. We called it ClassicGames.com. And less than a year later, it, the company was acquired by a little company known as Yahoo, which, of course, was the Google of that era. They were the king of uh, the Internet at that time, number one site in the world in search engine. And it was my first seven-figure deal. And I can tell you, John, that the amount of hours that I actually put into this from beginning to closing the deal would be less than a month's worth of work, 40-hour wow. work weeks. And now here you are 20 years later on the 23rd floor overlooking the city of Denver being like, what's yeah. up, Denver? <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. I got such a great view of the mountains. I can see all the way down to Colorado Springs and north up to Fort Collins. Wow. I'm coming to visit you soon. Yep, I can't wait. Social yes. Media Day Denver. Boom. June 29th. Yeah, Boom. you're, you're keynoting. Yes, love it. So we have a lot of people. They work hard. And a lot of people, they work smart. Uh, there's some similarities there. There can be. But there's also some differences. So what is the difference between working hard and working smart? When I look back at the times that I worked hard, I found that I was exerting a lot of effort, that I was equating 
busyness with getting business done. And it wasn't the right moves. It was just keeping busy almost for the sake of busyness. Uh, But it wasn't doing the right things. It was, like you say, head down where I could not perceive what was going on around me. And what's so damaging to that is, first of all, you don't actually get what's important done. uh, And so therefore, you're not fulfilled you know, because you're not having the success you want with your work, but also working that hard tends to cut you off from the people around you. Um, you know, I'm not married anymore. I'm divorced. And certainly this played some sort of role in it because I had workaholic tendencies that I felt like I needed to be going after this thing that I was doing. And it turns out that most of the things that I spent uh, hours and hours and weeks and months on trying to create were the things that at best had moderate success, but more often than not were failures. And so, you know, when you see that pattern again and again, then making the right moves means being open to opportunity. You know, when my webmaster sent me that email, say, hey, check out this guy's site. It's pretty cool. That was it. I was like, I I didn't shut down that idea because I was busy focused on other things. I was open to it and I try to remain open to it. And then I was willing to take a risk because it sounded fun to me. I liked <laughs> games. I like online games. I say, you know, when we started this thing out, gaming is my jam. And I thought this looks like fun. Let's try this. Did I have any idea that we'd end up selling this for seven figures to the biggest site on the internet? No, and that wasn't even my goal. It wasn't even my mind. It was, this sounds fun. I'm interested. There's value here. Let's do something with it. And then it unfolded. A lot of takeaways there, Fire Nation, but one phrase that you used, Joel, that I just loved, (laughs) equating busyness with getting business done. So many people make that mistake. Just because you're busy, Fire Nation, doesn't make you mean you're making progress. Just because you're busy, Fire Nation, doesn't mean you're being productive. Because guess what? If you are producing the wrong content on a day-to-day basis, you're not going anywhere. You're spinning your wheels. Productivity means you are producing the right content. So that is the key. Just being busy man, that can be the biggest waste of time. You're just paying yourself $0 and you're getting nowhere. So don't equate busyness with getting business done. And Joel, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons you wrote this book. I mean, you have a lifetime and wealth of experience in this area, but you know, why specifically did you write this book if you could give us the number one top reason for writing The Fun Formula? Because it's worked in my life and I think it'll work for others. And in fact, there's a lot of stories in the book from other entrepreneurs who, uh, you know, have implemented the fun formula in their own way. And it's not a mathematical equation, right? But it was about 10 years ago that Tim Ferriss wrote the four hour work week. And it awakened people to the idea that you can work smart and not hard and have success. But what's happened over these last 10 years is we've seen the swing. The pendulum has gone the other way to this hustle and grind mentality. And I think it, because it's dangerous, I want to be the guy who's shoving that pendulum back, <laughs> you know, towards the other way to say, you guys are missing it completely. You're actually hurting people at, at the expense, you know, you're, you might be raking it in with your courses, you know, and teaching people how to hustle and grind, but you're not doing them any favors. 
you're not you're not helping them and i want to help people i want to make a difference i want you know there, there's people out there all the way from you know junior high students that now they want to hustle and grind their youtube channels up to retirees that are looking now what do i do what do i you know wh- what do i do now with my life and everything in between and this book is written in such a way that anybody whatever stage of life you're in this can help to inspire you to liberate your thinking to you know to see different ways of how you can take your God-given natural gifts, your own curiosity and creativity, to take some risks that can not only lead you to the success you want in your business, but fulfillment in your life. Because it's not about the fat stack of cash. It's not about the swimming pool and the beautiful people surrounding it. It, it. it is about people, and it's about quality of your life. And I can tell you, having made a lot of money and lost, lost a lot of money and no Knowing how to make money, that once you have enough, and I don't mean that you've got to have three cars in the big mansion. I mean, once you have enough to meet your needs, what do you do with it when you have more? More doesn't necessarily make you happier. In fact, more can often be a burden. Uh, you know, John, I told you when I saw you last time that I have scaled back my life. I got rid of more than 80% of my personal possessions, <laughs> and I've never felt freer. <laughs> um, and it's wonderful because we're taught that the acquisition of things, uh, whether they're valuable or not, even if they're emotionally attached to us, sometimes those emotional attachments actually weigh us down. And there's a lot to be said for minimalism and living a lifestyle that is fulfilling, not just pursuing things. I love that phrase that Joel proclaimed upon himself, that he is shoving the pendulum back. And I can just picture you, Joel, just shoving this pendulum back. <laughs> well, it, it, it pisses me off. I'm, I'm upset when I hear these messages. I'm upset when I see people following these clowns that are hawking their Lambos in their garage and, and trying to sell these messages to especially young, impressionable minds that this is what success looks like. It isn't. And, and many people know that already. They know that in their heart, but they're being these messages are being shoved into them by society. And so there's this conflict and I'm giving people permission, not that you need it from me, give it to yourself. But I'm saying it's okay. There is a better way. You can win this game and not go through all of that BS to get there. Okay. So I know you don't like Lambos and garages, but what do you have against pools and pretty people? Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with pools and pretty people. Uh, I'm, I'm good with both of those. It's just the the mentality of the materialism lifestyle just is, totally is what I'm railing against. And so I know you're with me because you are fun and you do live it. And, um, you know, you're sitting on that pendulum with me and we're pushing that thing back and telling people there's a better way. I'm on that pendulum, brother. I'm pushing it back. I am having fun. I know just how short life can be. And I think that was one of the things that we actually talked about on the episode is my 13 months in Iraq and, you know, me losing four of the 16 soldiers that I was in command of while I was stationed in Iraq, while I was an armor platoon leader, um, that made me realize that, man, what can be here today is gone tomorrow. And so are we really going to sacrifice today for a tomorrow that will never come? I mean, it doesn't mean to be stupid and to do things to your body like, you know, drugs and not work out and eat like crap. Like, no, that's not what it means. It just means, you know, don't sacrifice your, your, your entire present, you know, what you're doing right now for this 
far off future that may never come to fruition anyways. And for me, it's about so true. Yeah. Balancing that now. And, you know, for me, like working hard when I need to work hard and then doing these big epic trips that I can do that as a reward. And and it's just, it all has to come together. And something that we keep hearing both you and I, Joel, time and time again is, you know, scale and leverage. And these are all words that can work in our favor if they are played the right way. So how does leverage, how does that play a role in overall success? Well, you know, first of all, you have to recognize your own gifts and talents. There are things that you are really good at, and I'm talking to anybody who's listening right now. You might not know that you're good at them, in which case, ask people around you that know you, what do you think I'm good at? But you have to leverage those first and foremost, and then leverage the relationships in your life. And I don't mean used people. I mean discover where can you bring the most value to other people with the gifts and talents that you have. If you're able to solve somebody else's problem, guess what? You have leverage because you have something they need, which is, you know, I know you get this question as well, John. Yeah. What if you had to start over again today? You know, and you didn't have the contacts that you had and you didn't have the success that you had and people didn't know you, what would you do? Mm. And my answer universally has been go to an event that interests you where you can help solve people's problems and ask questions. That's it. You don't have to tell people what you do. You ask questions and people will tell you what they need. And guess what? You're going to run across somebody that's going to tell you they need something and you're going to be like, you know, what if I could help you with that? Now you're in business. Instead, people go to these events and they got a stack of business cards and they say, so what do you do? Which, by the way, I've written two books called So What Do You Do? (laughs) Because it's the most popular question that we're asked at networking events. But the problem isn't in the question. The problem is many times people are waiting for that person to finish so you could tell them what you do. Yeah, (laughs) That's not how it works. Listen, ask questions, solve problems. That's what real leverage is. Fire Nation, go to events that have topics that interest you because guess what? Those topics that interest you are going to mean people are also there that are interested in that topic and you're going to be interested in those people. Now you're surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, like-minded humans with similar passions and similar curiosities and likes and then guess what? You can ask questions, you can have conversations, you can be that person who says, you know, let me actually ask you a genuine question and actually listen so that if I hear enough of the exact same problems that people are having, you know, maybe at some point I can create a solution for that. But it doesn't start until you ask the questions and you really care about the answer and you really take notes and you really make it happen. So I love that starting over idea because that's where anybody, no matter where they're at right now, could do. And if I ever wanted to shift, you know, my industry, like say I became super obsessed with health, which to be honest, I'm really kind of starting to go that way. I'm just like massively into nutrition. I just did this huge biohacking day um, out in Florida with Anthony DiClemente of Biohacking Secrets. Shout out to him. Like it was an amazing experience and I just love that stuff. And as I'm hanging out with him, and a couple of people, I'm like, I want to go to events like this and hang out with people like him that are just going to challenge themselves and their body and their nutrition and everything because I personally enjoy that stuff. And so that's something that you really need to be thinking about. And Fire Nation, Joel is going to be dropping some value bombs as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsor. 
All right, Fire Nation. So I have Billy Jean on the mic for this incredible sponsorship read. And Billy, I think you have a question for me. You've interviewed thousands of entrepreneurs, some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, most influential entrepreneurs in the world. But on the flip side of that, what's the stat? Like 90, 95% of businesses fail within the five, first five years. Yeah. And my question to you is why? What is that one thing that literally 95 out of 100 people are not understanding? Billy, they don't keep generating revenue. They don't keep bringing in customers and clients and they can't keep the lights on, period. It breaks my heart. And you know what it is, is I think too many businesses that literally believe that waiting on referrals is a way to run a consistent, predictable and stable business and it's virtually costing everybody everything. Literally, people take pride in the fact that they don't advertise. Like, oh, my whole business is organic and referrals. I would never pay for advertisements. And it's the most ignorant and arrogant standpoint that I see people take that's killing them. And so right now we have these tools available in 2018, 19, where Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, you can get in front of your ideal customer for one cent three cents for a view and people are afraid to take advantage of those opportunities because they don't understand one thing, how to get an ROI on their ads. There's no shortage of customers. There's just a short of, of businesses who understand how to turn clicks into customers. And that's what I want to teach them, John. Yes. Stop going out of business. There's no reason. Like right now, if the only thing that's stopping you from growing your business is just getting more customers who can actually afford your services that you like working with, then you got to show up to my training. Like I, I literally made a video, John, that outlines exactly how to use paid advertisements to get customers for any business in any niche. I don't care if you do product sales, physical products. I don't care if it's B2B. I don't care if it's B2C. Whatever your excuse is, I'm telling you, you are one solid advertisement away from having productive predictable sales in your business and being able to truly scale and not fail. I want to watch the video right now. You know what it's called? Watchbillysvideo.com. <laughs> Watchbillysvideo.com. Fire Nation, you heard it from Billy Jean, the genius himself. Watchbillysvideo.com. Wait, John, here's the best part. It's freaking free. And it's free. <laughs> There's nothing. Just literally, I'll send it to you. Like, just I'll text it to you. I'll email it to you. Whatever the heck. Just go there and watch the video and just tell me it's not helpful. Love it. Watchbillysvideo.com. So, Joe, we're back. And I'd love to chat with you about the most important thing an entrepreneur can do to get started. And I know we just kind of brushed over a great idea for somebody starting from scratch. But let's say that entrepreneur now is really looking to rev things up, you know, take things from the green to the yellow to the red. What can they do? You have to be willing to show up, right? This is actually a chapter in the book. Showing up means not just going places. While certainly it can mean going to events and being present, but it means bringing your best every day. It means being creative, following your natural curiosity and saying, I'm willing to take a risk with this. Because while we talk about the home runs, they're not all home runs, John, are they? No. Sometimes they we fail but those failures are some of the best teachers and in fact i've been through it and i share some of them in the book and i'm never ashamed to share my failures because they teach me 
the greatest lessons. Uh, in fact, there was one time in, in uh, around 2009 that I put a solid six figures hmm. into creating a mobile marketing business. It was kind of like a constant contact get response, but for mobile phones. And I invested time and resources and, and staff into building this thing. And long story short, it failed. The, the business model never took off. Uh, the, we couldn't get venture capital for it because people didn't get it or we didn't talk to the right people. And I couldn't even sell the technology when I wanted to just say, okay, I can't make this work. Maybe somebody else can. And I think it was sometime in 2011 or 12 that I felt like I had failed at this thing. And I was still putting money into it to keep mm. it on life support because the moment I stopped paying for it, that's it. Doors are closed. And one day I said, you know what? I don't care. This has to end. And I pulled the plug on the service completely. And I thought that I would feel this tremendous crushing weight of failure. I didn't. I was incredibly surprised to instead feel like this burden was lifted off my shoulders. And it was that day I discovered something profound, that I stopped failing the moment I stopped paying for it. And in my case, literally paying for it. But the, because it freed me up now to do the next thing and that burden was gone. There's people listening right now in Fire Nation. They could be high school age, they could be middle age, they could be young people, they could be, you know, retirees and they're carrying the weight of something with them because it feels like a failure. And holding on to that thing, you know, if you everybody do an exercise right now, hold pretend you're holding on to something with your hands. Look at your hands. Now release that thing. Your hands are uh. open. Not only is that thing no longer in your hands, but what are open hands good for? Receiving. What's next? And you need to ask yourself, what am I holding on to that's holding me back and not allowing me to move forward? And those failures, man, they will teach you way better than successes. So true. And Fire Nation, something that I believe is ruining so many people's lives right now, I call it the sunk cost fallacy. The sunk cost fallacy, meaning because you've been doing something for so long or you've invested X number of dollars into something or time or energy or bandwidth or whatever it might be, that you need to keep doing it. Otherwise, all of that behind you that you know that came before that moment in time is a waste. And where does this exist so often, Joel? Look at law school. Look at medical school. Look at all these places where, for me, you know, I'm a prime example of somebody who almost had their life ruined. That might be a little bit of a dramatic word, but maybe it wouldn't be. Who knows? But I almost had my life ruined because of the sunk cost fallacy. Like after I got out of the military, I thought that I was like on the way up. And I didn't know what that was, but of course, law school made a lot of sense. So I went to law school and wow, I hated it. I was like, this is not for me. But you know, I talked to some people and they're like, well, you've already paid for the semester. That's non-refundable. So you might as well finish the year. And of course, what happens if you finish the year, you might as well finish the three years because it's only two more years. And then you start justifying everything. You're like, well, because I spent, you know, $20,000 on one semester of law school. Now, all of a sudden I'm spending, you know, $120,000 on three years of law school. 
well, now I have a law degree in an area that I hate, you know, because I, and maybe hate against a strong word, but just honestly don't have passion or love for. And now what am I going to do? I'm going to go be a lawyer? And now so many people have gone down that road. And it was just that one small decision after another, the sunk cost fallacy of, well, I've already, you know, started classes. I've already bought the books. I've already done this. And then before you know it, it's like you're a super unhappy, un, unhappy and unhealthy middle-aged lawyer just detesting your life. And like that could have been my past so easily, but it wasn't for very specific reasons. And I was able to break that sunk cost fallacy at the core and, and, and like cut it off at the nub and move in a different direction, which by the way, was not to immediate success. It was some more struggles and obstacles and challenges and failures, but allowing me to finally find my way to, you know, a couple years later, Entrepreneurs on Fire, which now has brought me into the friendship circle of Joel Calm. And Joel, does it get any better than that? No, man, this is it. <laughs> it, it, it it's great. It's your great friend. And, and I love that you live this out. You know, here's a really interesting story for you, Johnny, is while I was writing this book, I was forced to implement the fun formula myself. Right. Now, there are people that will say, oh, this is easy for you to say, Joel, because you've already, you know, had success and, you know, you're writing books and you're speaking. Uh, I'm going to share an intimate story here that cool. I think is going to resonate with people. Uh, you know, back in uh, 2010, I've been public about this. I was separated from my wife um, and ended up in a divorce after 23 years of marriage, very painful time. And I took a, the better part of two years, 2011, 2012, on a mini sabbatical to work on myself, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I didn't really do any writing or any speaking, I, and I didn't disappear from social media completely, but I just, I really focused on getting my own act together. And not to say I've arrived by any stretch, but I did move the peg one notch you know, closer <laughs> <laughs> to self-actualization. I've got a long way to go still. Uh, but after that, I started writing books again and speaking again, and I was in the live video you know, marketing space. And from the outside, people would look at me and go, wow, Joel's back and he's doing all these highly successful things. But internally, I was wondering if my best work was behind mm. me. Who can relate to that? questioning yourself and wondering, is that it? Am I going to coast the rest of my life on my previous successes or do I still have value to bring? Even as I'm writing this book and my first draft is turned in, internally, I'm going, what am I going to do next? What what innovation am I going to bring? Because I've always been on the front lines as a futurist of technology and trying to do something that others haven't done before, which I think is really important for all of us to focus on, uh, is bringing value by innovating. And I'm questioning myself and I'm remembering that what I am teaching is telling people to trust the process in waiting for the right timing because you'll know when the time is right. Well, between the time of my first draft and my second draft, it happened. And I never could have seen it coming. It was April of last year, 2017, that I very naturally and organically took an interest in cryptocurrency. 
Uh, this is Bitcoin and digital money and blockchain technology. And being a futurist, I was fascinated by the impact that I believe blockchain and crypto are going to have on the world and on most verticals. And I started having these conversations with my friend Travis Wright, who's a leading marketing technologist. And Travis and I were messaging each other on Facebook every day with uh, the new discoveries we had had <laughs> in the crypto world. And we were so passionate about it. Uh, and one day in July, it was actually July 16th, 2017, Travis sends me a message. And it's got the little sarcastic winky face on it. But it says, so when are we going to start the Joel and Travis crypto show? And he was being funny, at least half funny. But the moment he said it, it landed. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm calling you now. I said, let's do a podcast. Let's, this sounds like so much fun. Let's be ourselves and be goofy. And we don't know what we're talking about because we're new to it. So let's call it the Bad Crypto Podcast and let's just put it out there. Now, there weren't any grand visions beyond that, John. But fast forward to 10 months or so into this podcast, we are consistently ranked as one of the top crypto podcasts in the world, in the top 50 of all business podcasts. We've passed 4 million downloads of our shows. We're traveling and doing our show live. We're speaking at events. We're being asked to MC. We have sponsors coming to us. I never would have seen it coming, and it makes sense that this had to happen to me, that I would have to face this struggle of questioning myself while I was writing the book in teaching people that this is how you do it. And once again, the fun formula worked. The fun formula worked, Fire Nation. I mean, this is the thing. When people like Joel who have been there and done that, they've created processes and steps, you just have to give it a whirl because it just might work for you. And that's pretty awesome. And Joel, one thing that I hear all the time from people is timing's everything. Like timing is everything. Is timing truly everything? I, you know, I think it has a lot to do with it. I really do. I think, you know, if you're open to things happening in their timing, I can't tell you how many times I've been with somebody that's like, I have a great idea and they feel like they need to immediately start working on it. And it might not yet be time. You might not have the resources yet. You might not have the, the education that you need. That person that's going to help further this for you might not be in your life right now. You just, you don't know. And so you have to allow the, the space around you to breathe and you'll know when the time is right. Enthusiasm alone isn't necessarily it. If, if, I had just gotten aware of cryptocurrency in, in April of 2017 and said, oh, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to teach people. I wouldn't have been ready. It, it was the right timing for it to come. It was you know, showing up at an event and having a guy walk up to me and say, I have an idea for a product for the readers of your, your Google AdSense book. I said, oh, what's that? Well, we could create these templates to help people get online with their content quickly and easily and then monetize their content. And I opened myself up to that and said, okay, let's do that, which turned into $1.3 million in product sales. That wouldn't have happened if I wasn't open to the moment, to that opportunity. And I think the problem is, you, you alluded to this, people have this 
one thing that they're doing and their head down is focused on it, uh, instead of having their eyes scan the horizon for what I like to call doors and windows, you know, you walk up to, to a building and there's some doors that they're just closed, they're locked, there's windows that are shut, but there's also some that are wide open and some that are just a little bit of a crack open. I prefer any day to go peek inside something that gives me a view into what's in there than to trying to bust down a door <laughs> that is locked. And, and yet we teach that, right? You keep banging at that door until that thing breaks open. Why? When there's so much opportunity all around you, if you just get in tune to where the needs are and to where what you're all about can connect with what those needs are. Fire Nation, don't keep banging your head against a door when there's a window right next to it or there's 40 more doors right down that hallway. Why not go try some of those? Because listen, the opportunity is abundant. It is boundless. It is infinity. And Joel, we've talked about the fun formula. Of course, people are going to have to go get the book, The Fun Formula, to get all the incredible value bombs that you drop. It's it's a blast. Fire Nation, I do make a cameo in there. So uh, definitely have to say, stamp of approval, love it. So give us kind of a summation, Joel, of what we've been talking about today. You know, Maybe just keep it to a nice 30-second concise summation of a, maybe a key takeaway or two that you want to make sure that we get from this entire audio masterclass on the fun formula. And then we'll say goodbye. There's times for working hard and putting your head down, but the hustle and grind mentality is not the solution to a successful business and the life of your dreams. It is your natural curiosity, your creativity, the ability to take risks and trusting the process. That's the fun formula. And if you implement this, it will change not only your success in your business life, but the quality and the fulfillment that you'll have in your life in general. So what's the best way that we can find out more about what you have going on, Joel? You know, the Bad Crypto Podcast you mentioned. Like, where do you want Fire Nation to go? What's that yeah. call to action? Well, well, for the book is uh, funformulabook.com. And if you go there, uh, you can pre-order now or you can, if, if we're live when the book is out on June 5th, then uh, go and put wherever you purchase it, there's over $100 worth of bonuses there, including two of my additional books for free, three exclusive uh, videos that I've made for for you and an interactive study journal that chapter by chapter Ooh. helps you to improve your fun quotient. So funformulabook.com, uh, wherever you purchase the book, make sure you go there and get your free bonuses. And Fire Nation, this book is live right now, funformulabook.com. So get over there, get those bonuses. Joel always over delivers and you're the average Fire Nation of the five people you spend the most time with. And hello, you've been hanging out with JC and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Joel in the search bar and his show notes page is going to pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore, and of course, links to everything that Joel's been dropping of value in this entire episode. And what's one more time, funformulabook.com. And oh, Joel's done past episodes with me as well. So when you use that search bar and type in Joel, the other episodes we've done will pop up and we've dropped some doozies. So maybe you just have a nice little JC and JLD day and have some fun with that. And Joel, (laughs) thank you for sharing your truth with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. 
Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Joel today. And are you, you, that's you, Fire Nation, are you ready to rock your very own podcast? Well, how about you start off with a completely free podcasting course because it's free and I made it for you if you want to start podcasting. And I'm going to teach you how to create, grow, and monetize your very own podcast. Simply visit freepodcastcourse.com. Yes, it's that simple. Freepodcastcourse.com. And I will catch you there or... I'll catch you on the flip side. Okay, Fire Nation, stop what you're doing, grab a pen and paper or your phone and write down this URL. Are you ready? It's www.watchbillysvideo.com. On that page, my friend Billy Jean put together a training for you that's going to solve the number one problem facing businesses in 2018, getting quality customers consistently and affordably. The video is short, it's valuable, it's entertaining, and you'll only regret ignoring it for as long as you already have. Again, it's www.watchbillysvideo.com, and you should not go to bed tonight without watching it. Ignite.